Hello, everybody. Welcome into a another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. Coming back to you again after a, a little bit of a break. Feels like a long break. It does. It feels it, like it's yeah. been a long time. It's like a it's like a proper mid season yeah. winter break, except in the summer. Yeah. Um, well, end of spring, beginning of summer. If you hear... Tell the people where we're recording, Mark. Uh, undisclosed location, but it is outside. Yeah, it's outside near a busy road, so if you hear... Yeah, you might be able to guess the busy road. Huh. Um, we are still in Seattle. I would, uh, yeah, people should tweet at us or put in the comments. Yeah, below the line. Where do they think we're recording? Yeah, it is a Thursday afternoon. You will probably hear this on a Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Friday night. Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Who knows? Maybe people are going to listen to this post game. That'd be weird. weird. I mean, hey, what can you do? A lot of the, a lot of what we'll talk about actually, will, could be listened to post game. Anyways, we'll give you a little bit of a rundown. What we're going to do in the first part of the show is we're going to talk about the 16 game half season that the Sounders have just played, uh, and we'll also talk about kind of. The 18 games that they're about to play, uh, and then we'll take a little bit of break. We have a question that I'd like to pose to Jeremiah and myself: Is do we need to redefine success for this team? That will be in the second part. Also, in the second part, we'll talk a little bit about. There's a game this weekend. Finally, the Sounders are playing uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. That may or may not be on that airplane that just passed us. You don't know. I don't know either. So, all right. <laughs> Uh, first question for you, Jeremiah. Yes. How have the Sounders done this season? What you know, you I think it's, it, you know, if you had told me that they'd be sitting on 26 points through 16 games, I think I would have taken it, yeah. uh, especially given the way they started uh, previous years. I think that their Blazing Heart start was what they needed. And I think it was kind of what they expected to start as fast as they did. They had yeah. a very home-heavy schedule. The schedule set up very friendly. I think those were a lot of points that they knew they needed to, to claim, and they did. Uh, and in the, the latter part of the first half, it was a much tougher schedule, uh, not the least of which was four straight road games, first four-game road trip ever. Um, and I think if you look at how that four-game road trip went, it was about as close to abject disaster as you could get in that they got one point they didn't win a single game they didn't win a single game they uh didn't look like they were going to win a single game they, montreal I, mean, I, say, I think they the montreal game yeah. i felt like they were going to win i i don't know i maybe i was not i don't know if you didn't think they were going to win before the game before the but game. certainly how the game was playing yeah out. as the game was i mean in 70th minute i thought they were the they were going to win that game um and they only, you know, they lost three games. They lost. They lost all by one goal. So it's not like they were like played off the pitch, but the results went about as you know, one point in four games is about as bad as it gets. Yeah. Um, almost literally, and like I think so. I think you can. It's a mixed emotions. I think is where, but at the same time, I can't help but feel like you look at holistically where they are in the season, and I think they're set up okay. Uh, I don't think they're going to win the supporter shield. But I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to host a playoff game. And then, you know, they'll see how it goes. And But I don't think anyone, as good as LAFC have been, aside from them, 
I don't think there's anyone in the league who I feel like are clearly a better team than the Sounders. I think the Sounders, talent-wise, are going to stack up well with everybody. I mean, and we, I think it's important to keep in mind, we have yet to see this team play at full strength. If you consider Ariaga and Jones as part of that full-strength squad. Uh, and so, and we're not going to really see Or even team. really a healthy Raul uh, Rui Diaz. Yeah, we haven't seen, I mean, we Rui Diaz has battled injury. Victor Rodriguez has battled injury. Uh, they've had Gustav Svensson's battled injury. Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris has battled injury. So, you know, if they can actually get a full squad together, Kim I think Kee-hee. talent-wise, Kim yeah. Kee-hee, they, <laughs> I think they, they stack up well, I guess is my saying, what I'm saying. And so I'm not worried about this team right now. Uh, and I think I am begrudgingly acceptant of their first half. Okay. I think that's, I think that's fair. Uh, obviously, you and I don't disagree a whole lot. Which I don't it's know. Kinda, it's like one of the staples of podcasts I'm involved with. Yeah, um, which very middle of the road opinions, I guess. I don't know. I mean, we so need more firebrands. <laughs> uh, I don't think Sounderland needs more of those. That's for sure. <laughs> so, do you feel like? I mean, you're okay with where the Sounders have been at, but do you feel like there's been anywhere where? That's like a there's a queer moment where they could have absolutely done better, I mean, like in a game. I or think this last road trip was collectively a area where you can look at each game and say you need to be better. Like not just that you should have been better, but you really needed to be better. Uh, they were close enough to full strength in Kansas City. Yeah, that and I, Kansas City wasn't. And close. Kansas City wasn't, and they were reeling. I felt like they were winless in nine. Yeah, I mean, that was a game the Sounders needed points from. Similarly, Dallas. Uh, again, the Sounders were not at full strength, but neither were Dallas. Dallas was coming in yeah. on a six-game winless re- run. They needed to get points from that one. And one of only five teams in MLS history to have two own goals in the same game? Right. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. They scored, the Sounders scored two <laughs> own goals in that game. I mean, that's you, – you got – like. I mean, that's tough to overcome, but you can't be putting in two own goals. That's, like, the most obvious thing you can say, but it's true. And then the Montreal game, I think heading in, I, if you had told me at the beginning of the season you're going to lose this game 2-1, to one, I would have shrugged my shoulders and yeah. thought, like, okay. Um, but the way it's set up, you know, as shorthanded as the Sounders were, and they really were shorthanded, Montreal was even had fewer players available. Yeah. Uh, the Sounders had, did have two keepers on the bench in that game. They which did. Is the Sounders did have two keepers on the strange. bench. So maybe it's it's a stretch. Uh, you know, it is strange. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think the most frustrating result of those three, though, Kansas City for me. Uh, they were so they had the key. They had their key players. All their best players yeah. were uh, basically available for that game, and to get no points from it. Nico didn't play. Huh, Nico played. Oh, is that the game he got the yellow yeah, card in? Yeah, he, he played. Okay. Rui Diaz played. I think Rodriguez played. Maybe Rodriguez didn't play. Yeah. Um, I mean, they weren't full strength, but they were close enough to full strength. And to get no points from it was very disappointing. Johnny Russell scoring a hat trick. Um, I think at least two of those goals were highly preventable. Yeah. And, you know, that's just not – you know. and I would say that if there's one player – Who's disappointed me during this first half and really during the four-game road run was Handwal Buana. I don't take any pleasure in singling him out, but 
This was a player who I thought was poised to have a breakout, who I think was in a position to show that he 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 deserved more minutes. And I don't know that he could have been worse. Like, he <laughs> disappeared. He gave the ball away too easily. He was a non-factor on defense. He wasn't as aggressive as we've seen him early in the season on offense. It was just on every level, he did not perform at the level that I think we hoped and that he's capable of. And yeah. it's really disappointing because this is a player who I think was capable of having a breakout season. And now I think there's every reason to wonder how much he plays for the rest of the year. And that's through no fault but his own. Yeah. He kind of it was definitely given his chance. And you hate to see you hate to see a player like Handwalla who is, you know, has such a great personality. You know, he's a homegrown kid, his story and stuff. But when when you're given an opportunity like he was given, in, especially in this league with younger players, maybe not necessarily always getting the chances that you want to see right. him get, him not kind of stepping up to the plate like he did sort of late last season when he was given a much right. smaller opportunity. It was It was a little disappointing, I think. And um, it will it will be interesting to see how what Brian Smetzer does with with him for the rest of the season because um, you know he is a coach that likes to give players second chances. Yeah, I mean, and I think that if the opportunity presents itself, he'll probably give him a chance. <coughs> but I can't say that I'm looking forward to like, it if. The the circumstances in which he gets another opportunity for a run of games similar to this one, you know, five or six on the bounce, things aren't going as well as you may. Because no, you're, you're looking agree. at probably a Victor Rodriguez injury and another injury to one of Jordan Morris or Jovan Jones. Right. And I don't right. think you really want no to or God or, forbid Nico Odero or Harry Shit. I mean, he's yeah. now like he went from having a four or five game run as a starter to or I, I guess it was only three games in a row as a starter, if you count the Open Cup game before. But, you know, and all of a sudden he's probably the fifth man on the totem pole, and I don't think that you can justify giving him minutes over Ship, who I Ship I think was actually kind of impressive. Yeah, you know, he didn't have a ton of goals or anything. He was good in his moments. Uh, Victor Rodriguez, who I'm frustrated at his inability to stay healthy, and I think that's becoming a very legitimate concern. I have always pushed back against this idea that, oh, he's injury-prone, but he can't stay. I mean, injury-prone or not, I don't know. He can't stay healthy. Yeah, whether or not he was injury-prone before. Right. He's got his, his time in Seattle right. is definitely – that is that that is now a fair question. Right. As unfair as it used to be, it is now legitimate, right. unfortunately. Totally <laughs> and, I mean, and I don't really hold him – you know, he, he missed his penalty off the crossbar – he he hit it in about, the open cup. In the open cup, he hit it about as well as he could hit it, um, and he didn't. Like I don't, I'm not going to hold that against him. And you know, he created some chances. He scored a goal in that game. So I'm not like I, I like I'm disappointed that he hasn't stayed healthy. But I can't really say that I'm disappointed in his performance in the yeah. same way that I'm. You know, and maybe it, it's unfair it, to judge a player who is so low on the payroll as harshly as I am. Bwana, he makes a million dollars. But. Um, but I guess you could also throw Jonathan Campbell in there. Um, he's a player who I would love to see succeed. I think it's hard to argue that he's any higher. Like, he hasn't done anything to improve his standing on the team. I think Saad Abdul-Salam is, Salam is probably past him on the depth chart. Sure. Um, who I think, 
actually has been very impressive in his uh, growth chart as yeah. far as like becoming a center back. He was not a center back. No. As much as the Sounders wanted to say that they looked at him as a center back, he was not a center <laughs> he, back when he like, signed. He literally never played there. Yeah. So. Uh, but he's been good. I thought he's yeah. And he's gotten better. I thought he was actually uh, really good against yeah. uh, the Timbers in the Open Cup game. Um, I think the, he, he – his style of play as a center back I think fits – the way that the Sounders want to yeah. play a lot more than maybe Jonathan Campbell, who is a center back and at times was a pretty good center back in this league, but he did, had yeah. never played reason, in a system similar to Seattle, which I don't think, you know, I'm not willing to completely write him off. I, I still think there's value to having him on the roster, obviously. Sure. I mean, if he's your fourth center back, I don't know how much worse yeah. you can do. Uh, I mean, how much better you well, fifth, really can expect really. to do as your fourth or fifth center Which, back. Yeah. Um, so I'm not like upset with Jonathan Campbell. I mean, he's the fourth or fifth center back on the team. I mean, plus, he's, you get what you pay for, right? Plus, he's a good follow on Instagram. So. He is a good follow on Instagram, especially if you like uh, dogs or types. People doing touristy things around yeah, Seattle. It's I mean, really he's great. A fun, he's a nice guy too. Yeah, he's wonderful. He's got a good beard, good he's haircut, got a great beard. Um, and he did he did YachtCon, which I appreciate. Yeah. Which so I don't want to be too harsh on the guy. But we're I just we're laying bare our biases, aren't we? Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the other, I guess if, if we're looking for positives out of this run, I think Henry Wingo has done a little bit to uh, amplify his... Yeah, let's talk about Henry Wingo. I've got yeah, some, I've got some, Wingo. I've got some Hank Wingo questions. Sure. Uh, so over at Sounder at Heart, the website that you and I run, Yeah. Uh, we ran an article, uh, well... Dave Clark, RIP, for, former he's editor. Not, <laughs> he's not dead, dead but dead it, to us. Yeah, basically, <laughs> uh, he definitely we doesn't. Love you, Dave. We're just joking. Definitely doesn't listen to this, so there's there's no way he's going to hear he's that. Definitely. He did an interview with you. with Mr. Wingo in the preseason about how he had made the switch in the off season to focusing on playing right back. Yeah, and pretty much the the crisis and I use that term loosely, that the Sounders have found a man, found themselves in, meant Henry Wingo did not play, played pretty much every position but right back. And I did so but would, decently. And I guess it was like the most predictable thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, player, young player tries to play a new position, gets forced out of position by need. Yeah, and, you know, he had spent the two previous seasons kind of floating around positions and yeah. going to different spots where... Where the team needed him, and then there's there's this thing, um, and we may, we may see him play another position, which is forward, because uh, we've gone we've gone this far with with kind of uh, avoiding the elephant in the room, even though we're not in a room physically. Um, our our boy Billy Bruin. Oh, Bill. Yeah. Bill, Bill, Bill. What a tragedy. It sucks, man. It sucks real bad. It does suck real bad. Like, here's a guy who is doing everything, you know, he, he's doing everything he asked the team, asked of him. He's, you know, putting in his workman-like performances. And then he gets into a freak training accident, does his ACL, and he's out for the year. Yeah. And I just, and like during the break. It's not yeah, like. It's not even like a game. It was yeah. like. During the most ridiculous time, yeah, like two weeks away from the next game. Well, and it was f- after an extended break that the team had yeah. because they got they were a, taking uh, some time off for uh, 
because they got eliminated they, from the Open Cup. Right. They had they had like a four or five day vacation. Yeah. So that sucks. Um, especially sucks in the short term um, for the yeah. team. Obviously, sucks in the long term for for, for Bill mi- for, for Billy B. But um, so does does Will Bruin's injury cloud the break at all? Or are you able to think about those things in in sort of two separate? Because um, so basically. I think that the break was good for the team, especially considering how they entered the break. Yeah. Even though even though the break isn't technically over because they're going to still be missing some of their their best players over the next couple of games, but I yeah. but I still think that the group of players that they'll have can get some results and even some wins. But are you able to think of the break as like a net positive or does kind of the the Will Bruin injury throw that out the window i mean i think it was a net positive in that it was probably good for the team to have a mental break and like if they had like for instance like the timbers effectively played through this break like and lafc and it no lafc just played open cup games uh oh yeah i'm yeah but but the the timbers played like four games if you include open cup games during this break including league games and they came out fine, good for them. The Dynamo did the same thing, and they did not come out fine. Right. Um, but if the Sounders had had to play through this break, I mean, I, it would have been a disaster, I think. It would have been, what was that, summer 2015? Yeah, levels it would have felt of, like that. Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, I don't, I don't know that they, like, it definitely was a net positive. Like, whether or not they lose Will Bruin, it was a net positive, this yeah. break, because I... I think it would have been a disaster if they had played through it. Uh, and so, like, from that perspective, it's great. The Will Bruin thing obviously sucks, and it makes, like, what, I think this was lining up as a glorious start to the second half, and maybe Bruin's injury slows that down a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, all signs point to Justin Dillon likely getting the start. Just him? Just Justin Dillon, Justin Dillon. Yes, I made a funny typo on Twitter today, and um, I don't know that for one game Dillon might be fine. I don't if I if he, if the center needed him to start five games, that might be asking a bit much. But to get one game out of him should be okay. Rui Diaz probably back for the so July third game. What like either. Rui Diaz or Nicholas Ladero yeah, back right. because Uruguay and Peru play. Right. It's on Saturday, right, that they play? Yeah, they play on the same, yeah. I think it's the same day. So Same time, maybe, even. And um, the the fine folks at Sounder at Heart will, will be sure to update you on that. We will. Uh, but, so, you get, you get one, of you, one of your two best players back no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably... I don't know. Uruguay's been really playing really well in Copa America, unfortunately for the Sounders. Cause yeah, I, I mean, they look like they might be the favorites to win, right? <laughs> they could be, yeah. I mean, Brazil is in Brazil. It so. is in Brazil. Um, you know what happened last time Brazil hosted a big tournament, though? What happened? They didn't win it. They didn't? No. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember this. Was it? I, I, no. 2014 woke up. Wow. Yeah. What happened? Well, it turns out 
they got destroyed by Germany in the semifinals. Did Germany celebrate goals? When they, they did. Scored? They celebrated, I think, every goal. Wow. Like seven of them? I thought you weren't supposed to do that. I don't know. That's apparently different rules well, for different okay. tournaments. So, um, sum, up the, sum up the first part of the season in one sentence before we go to break. Fine. A whole sentence? You gotta say a whole sentence? I gotta <laughs> that, is li- that is literally a sentence. The word fine is a sentence. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> I didn't uh, expect it to be that all short. All things considered, it was fine. All things considered, it was fine. I'll say disappointing, but could have been worse, and it's okay. It's yeah, going to be I okay. Mean, it was, the end of it was definitely disappointing, and I think you can even, like, I, I, I don't blame anyone for being underwhelmed since the start, the first five games of the year. The Senators have not looked like one of the best teams in the league. They've only won twice. No, that can't be right. Two and nine. Since the sixth game of the year? They started 4-1 at 5-1-1? I don't know. They they haven't looked great for a while now. Uh, and They won Orlando, Houston, and then TFC before that. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, it's been... It's been underwhelming, but, like, not – like, I'm not freaking out about yeah. it. Yeah. And I will say, you know, I, you know, meant to throw to break, like, pretty quickly after I asked you that question. Yeah. But this is podcasting. This, this is how it works. Wild ride. A lot of the results that the Sounders got at certain times felt disappointing, like the San Jose Earthquake result, maybe the Montreal result, uh, definitely the two LAFC results but I will say as time goes on some of those results are looking better a little bit better not not the losses but no but I mean like like Montreal is second in the east they were playing on the road San Jose I don't think San Jose has been like the third best team by XGD since if you look at if you look at MLSsoccer.com and Mr. Bobby Warshaw he says they're the most impressive team so far so yeah I mean, Bobby Warshaw never says anything crazy. M- most improved, at least. Anyways, um, we're going to go to break. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, about the second half of the season, and then we'll talk about the Vancouver Whitecaps. Great. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to Sounder at Heart podcast, where Jeremiah and I sit on a deck somewhere. and It's beautiful to- right now. This is a very nice day. Hello. It started out as a bad day. It did. It was raining. It was raining. I was late for work. Um, what can you do? Blame it on the rain, man. Can't really do that in Seattle, but. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, coach. Yeah. It was raining. I'm you still. Your, your boss coach. No. I, and also, like, I'm usually the first one in the office. So, anyways, um, Mark was late for work on Thursday, uh, June 20. Just totally sold yourself out. Yeah, that's all right. My boss doesn't listen to this. Sure. Um a good podcast so i've got a question for you yeah mark shoot going into this season everybody was pretty high on the sounders including yourself and i and i think a lot of people thought that they were supporter shield contenders yeah is that a fair assessment of i think that's fair of the preseason yeah yeah for sure some things have happened to the sounders yeah Uh, chad marshall retired which is very sad did not see that one coming probably Absolutely the best defender in MLS history, without a doubt. And I can't even believe that there's, like, people just trying people to are talking trash. Um, but. And arguably, 
in, in terms of MLS careers, one of the one of the most impressive, if not the most impressive. I just like I don't want to go too far down this road, but I just yeah, am amazed I, that people can somehow overlook the fact that this is a guy who came into the league in 2005 and 2004. 2004 and in 2019 2018 at the very least was still like legitimately the best or one of the three best defenders in the league. Yeah. And he completely changed his game, evolved the league. It's, He's really ama- good. it's an amazing accomplishment. No one does that. But anyway, go ahead. Pouring one out for you, Chad. Yeah. Um, there, the Sounders hit some speed bumps along the way with injuries, with retirements, um, you know, sucking at times. <laughs> related. All yeah. kind of related. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the team at this kind of half-season break that that has happened, do you think that they need to redefine what success is? Well, or you mean in general or this year? This this year. I mean, I think that oh, every year, I think you, as the sound, every year the Sounders have gone in since 2009, and I think they have set an expectation that they are going to compete for the Supporter Shield and that they're going to make the playoffs, and that they're going to compete for MLS Cup. And most years, they have... Every year they've made the playoffs, they've competed for the Supporters' Shield a handful of... Like, legitimately competed for the Supporters' Shield a handful of times. They aren't going to win... They've won it once. They won it once. uh, And they won MLS Cup once, and I think that they could argue... They could say that they were competitive for... MLS Cup in a handful of years too. So, I, depending on how you, if you, if you're saying success is all three of those things, like that's a high bar. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm not saying that. It's but. a very high bar, <laughs> um, and they have probably achieved it half of. The, we'll say without like breaking it down, like call it half their seasons. Yeah, and I think. They are probably they will not compete for the Supporters Shield this year, but I think that it it deserves some asterisk in that LAFC is having a historic season. I don't think anybody ever thought that they were going to be this good. No, I don't think anyone went into this year expecting LAFC to maybe push eighty points. I mean, that's like I, I think they may be on eight pace points for more than, than the record, huh? It's eight points. I think they're on pace for like eighty three. Yeah, I mean, right now they're not just talking about. They're not on pace to just break the record. They're on pace to shatter the record and have a Man City-esque campaign, which is frankly unheard of in MLS. No yeah. one, like, that doesn't 72 ha- points is the season record. And they're, and they're probably, I mean, like, they're going to. And it was pro- set last like, year. On their, like, they're going to, like, they would have to collapse almost to not break the record. And they will yeah. still, and they'll still win the shield. Uh, th- like, I want to say uh, 538 gives them, like, an 85% chance. I don't think anyone else has a better than 5% chance. That's great. The Sounders have like a lower, less than 1% chance. That's awesome. I love that. A, a it makes me feel shield. wonderful. So, like, yeah, the supporter shield, I feel like, is pretty safely out of reach, which is amazing because, like, um, like, up up until, like, the last few weeks of the first half of the season, I would have thought. Yeah, I don't even think, like, uh, so I can't remember an MLS season, and I've been following this league for a while now that it's been gone at this point. No, I don't, I don't think it has been. I don't think there has been a year where it's been like yeah. 
the race was over. In, in the last two years, where you've seen the points total be broken both years, there was two teams involved in the race until the end. In 2017, TFC broke the record with 69 points, but the Red Bulls were right kind of on their tail. I don't remember what they finished with, but they finished with yeah, them. And it wasn't like an astronomical... Yeah, yeah. it was like six, six, maybe six or seven points at most. The year after that, the Shield literally went down to the last day between Atlanta and the Red Bulls, where the Red Bulls ended up winning it with 72 points, and Atlanta finished with 69 points, which What's was it? the previous record. Yeah, it was 71. Maybe it was 71. Yeah, um, I think they broke the previous record. Yeah, so the Red Bulls did break the previous record. But I think the... I Atl- think no, Atlanta too. finished with 69 points because they lost to TFC on the line Someone's last day. Someone's going to have to fact check us on this. I'm right. Okay. I know I'm right. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. I'm right. Anyways, so so I know on the last episode we recorded a while ago, we said like I was having a hard time dealing with yeah LAFC. But you've now accepted it. <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest with you. I took this break. Uh, I was annoyed that Carlos Vela played in both of their Open Cup games because I think that's cheating. <laughs> it's not cheating, but it feels like it should it be. Should be a- Especially when he just, like, straight up turned down the Gold Cup. Yeah, and that that like, frustrates me, too. Just straight up, like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, he, the U.S. I'm Open good. Cup is... M- yeah, I mean... The U.S. Wh- Open Cup whatever, is more man. important than, than the Gold Cup. And it probably is, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't I'm, know. I don't know that I'm, there's a lot of I guess of I'm pretty low on both tournaments. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's very many people that would agree with you there, but go ahead. Anyways, um... I spent a lot of this break thinking about Los Angeles Football Club and what they've done. Uh-huh. And I am sort of resolving to the Sounders don't have to play them again until at least the playoffs. Right. Or at most the playoffs, I should say. Right. Probably like best case scenario they play the Probably play the Western Conference time. Finals. If not that then the semifinals, unless things go I mean, if pretty they wrong. With the four seed, I guess they could play them in the Yeah. But I don't I just don't see that happening. Okay. It, it could Fair happen, enough. but sure. they're gonna pu- they're probably gonna play them again in the playoffs. So I'm going to take the next four months and sort of just try to enjoy what LAFC is doing because they're only going to be taking points off teams around the Sounders, and the Sounders can. Yeah, I mean, at this yeah. point, I think as Sounders fans, you may as well root for uh, yeah LAFC to run the table. Frankly, like, that actually would be pretty cool. Kind of cool. I, mean, I, mean, I don't think it's gonna happen, but they could. And I think that would annoy you, I, me, I think more than anything, you probably should be rooting for them to win the Open Cup or at least get to the final of the Open Cup because that's hey, more games, more games. Yeah, more games for Carlos Vela to score goals in. Yeah, I mean, I want to see this guy put up fifty goal season. They're not in the League's Cup, are they? They're no. There's no. Oh yeah, I forgot that is. A thing, <laughs> right? I forgot it was a thing too. I was reminded the other day. Oh, that's not a thing. Oh, wait, um, it is. They're not. Okay, so we don't really have to redefine success. Yeah, I mean, I really. think success is still, to me, if the Sounders make the playoffs and they compete for MLS Cup, I think it's a reasonably successful season. Yeah. And I think that, I don't think there's any reason that, as fans, we should give up on on winning MLS Cup. I mean, the Sounders are going to play LAFC probably in a winner-take-all game, and... If they get the doors blown off, it's going to be really disappointing, and I think they'll have to probably go into the offseason rethinking yeah. what it is they're trying to do because they can't just accept that LAFC is a 
superior a team. A superior team. Like, that's not acceptable. As, mu- as much as some people in this fan base want to say the team is already doing. Right. <laughs> um, but, like, the organization as a philosophy can't accept that. Yeah. And, but, you know, if they, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think the Sounders are a horrible matchup for LAFC. I don't. I don't look forward to playing them, frankly. I would love it if someone else knocked them off. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, but but we don't have to think about that for a while. No, we don't have to think about it for a long time. Something we do have to think about for the Sounders is they have 18 games left. Yeah. They have nine games at home and nine games on the road. That's neat. What do you expect without really looking at the, at, schedule. At the schedule? You know they don't play LAFC again. Yeah. You know that in the next week they go on the road. Uh, to the East Coast. Yeah. So they get, you know, they play a really broken up Columbus team on the road. So, like, you kind of know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I will just, like, in my head, I feel like if they can get 34 points from the second half, they'd finish on 60. I feel like that's a reasonable hope. It would be paying at a little less than two points per game. I mean, that's a high goal, but it's not, it's considerably less than the pace they finished last year on. Um yeah, it's. I mean, I want to say it would be like a 1.88 probably points per game, something in that neighborhood, and that's. I don't think. And with, you know, I, I think that they should. There's no game at home for the rest of the year that they should not expect to win. Uh, that doesn't mean they'll win every game, but I think they should go into every home game expecting to win. And without looking at their road schedule, I would assume there's at least half those games are perfectly, uh, like. There's no reason they shouldn't feel like winning is a decent possibility. Um, yeah, um, only three three of the three of the nine games on the road are against Eastern Conference teams. Yeah, and who and who are those three teams? Uh, Columbus and NYCFC, which are in the next week. Yeah, and then all the way at the end of September, second to last week in September, they go to DC. Yeah, so like the DC game is probably a. Uh, tough one yeah nycfc that's probably a tough one they've got atlanta and the red bulls at home yeah um, those will be tough games portland is a probably a very tough game they have a portland home and away yeah, yeah. portland's away especially i think is going to be tough i don't know lafc won there <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not saying it's unwinnable the sounders have won there um have they yeah they've won there literally never when i've been so it's I bad luck. haven't seen them win there. I've been to every game, and they have not won in a while, but they have won, I believe, twice. Uh, 2014 and 2011, I believe. The first trip there, they won, and I think 2014 they won. Yeah, because yeah, they... That was the, tea, tea, uh, uh, the teapot game. The, well, the ballerina. Oh, ballerina, sorry. Yeah, Chad Barrett. Yeah, Chad Barrett. That's My boy. So, I've got a pretty. I don't think the yeah, sound. That was 2015. No, that was 2014. Oh, it was okay. Because it was the cup, or the, not the cup, but the supporter shield thing. Yeah. And it's also the year I got married. So those two things. Was that were, also the year that they tied the game? They had the four four. Four tie. four, yeah, in April. Yeah. Fun. That yeah. was a really very fun season to it be a Sounders fan. It was a fun season. So I don't. Oh. <laughs> I don't think that the Sounders should think in terms like this, but I'm going to put my fan cap on sure. and think like a fan for a little bit. Yeah. And what I would like to see from this team in the second half of the season to sort of make up 
for you know uh, we've already sort of acknowledged that a lot of things were out of the sounders control that prevented them from being in supporters shield contention and i'm willing to accept that but to make up for that what i would like to see is the sounders go undefeated at home yeah they 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 are still undefeated yeah i think that's a very good goal i think that's an achievable realistic goal is to be undefeated at home yeah you said 30 you said 34 yeah so between 34 and 36 points yeah, I mean, because thirty-six can, points would be two points a game. It would be, and um, I think with that you can afford two or three losses, depending on your draw situation there. Yeah, um, and if all of those happen on the road, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, thirty-six points, undefeated at home, going into the playoffs, probably will put you at the second or third seed in the West, depending on what the Galaxy do. Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty... They, you know, there's this rumor out there that, that the Galaxy are going to start sign Carlos Pavon for $12 million. $12 million. They're going to pay a $12 million well, they're, for 50% of his Yeah, they're going to uh, do a rights. thing that is literally illegal under MLS rules. You can't do co-player ownership in, in Major League Soccer. Uh, it's pretty iffy around the world, to be honest with you. Most leagues ban it. Uh, I, think, I think only Italy of the big five yeah, allows... That sort of situation because, you know, Juventus owns. And they also don't have an open DP spot, but who's counting that? Yeah, but, yeah, so there, there's all sorts of all sorts of things that are going on there. Even uh, the Galaxy played last weekend uh, against Cincinnati, and, uh, and there was a situation between Sebastian Legette and Zlatan, so you never know what's going to happen with the Galaxy. You can pretty comfortably bet the Sounders are going to be steadier than the I, Galaxy. I, I feel like the, the Sounders' uh, fundamentals are better than the Galaxy's. I agree. I agree. I think the defense is better, too. Yeah, I mean, the Galaxy might have in. a higher ceiling just because Zlatan is He's pretty kind good. of a nuclear power plant when everyone else is running on coal. But Yeah. Um, so, cool. All right. We both agree. Around 36 points in touching distance and undefeated at home. And we would be able to say at the start of the playoffs that that is a very successful regular season. Yeah, and I think finishing second or third in uh, – it's there's no, there's a different – like, let's be clear. There's a definite difference in finishing second or third. But I think if you finish second or third, you're at least on the other side of the bracket of LAFC. Yeah. And you wouldn't meet If them. you finish second, you get one more home playoff you, game. You would get a home – right, you'd have to play – you post the third place versus, yeah. but I mean I don't I don't I'm not super like if the Sounders finish third and they have to go to LA for the semifinals and then at LAFC for the conference finals, I could I could look at that. Sure, and I think I, I think that team could that. too. Yeah, and I I don't I just maybe this is just like silly Sounders fan thing in my mind, but. I just when I watch the Galaxy play, I don't. I just don't think they're that good. They're like obvi- they're, they're literally very better. Talented, but yeah, they're literally better than the Sounders through this point in the I season mean, by marginally. a few points. Yeah, but it's just like unless something. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's the Galaxy for you. Um, yeah. A couple minutes left here, and before we close out, but. Um, 
the Sounders play the Vancouver Whitecaps on Saturday evening. How do you feel about that game? I still feel pretty good uh, about the Sounders' chances in that game, even if it's Justin Dillon and potentially Saad Abdul-Salam as the two most notable non-regulars in the yeah. starting lineup. Uh, I'm assuming it's Saad Abdul-Salam over Jonathan Campbell. I could be wrong, but that would be my... If I was picking the lineup, I think that's the way I'd go. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think the Sounders luck out a little bit. Vancouver, for some reason, was playing midweek this week. That was very silly. In Dallas. Yeah. Uh, they used their starters, so they're going to be on less rest. And I think they, they lost. Actually, yeah, they lost. No, they tied. They tied? They got a oh. 95th minute equalizer. I'm going to be honest with you. I, they were da- I think they were down 2-0 they were down in the first half. And they got and a 95th minute equalizer. That's what I thought it ended. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it ended 2-2. And so they're going to, you know, I think the Sounders are, like, I think they, they catch Vancouver at a good time. Uh, this is a game the Sounders should win regardless of their forward situation. And I'm looking forward to... And lack of DPs. You know, I'm, I'm kind of looking... And their lack of DPs. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing some some playing uh, some playing time from... Uh, Alfonso Ocampo Chavez. I think that's we're hopefully going to see him maybe like a 10 minute shift there at the end. Uh, Danny Leva could maybe feature in this one. I suspect Dillum yeah. and Svensson will be your starters at defensive mid, which I think is should be fine. Like that's you know, I think that's that's plenty. Yeah. Um, Who are you playing in kind of that front three attacking band? So let's see. Dylan, Rodriguez in the middle, ship on the right. And you know if I'm if I'm picking the lineup, you are. I'm literally asking you to I, do that. I think I start Wingo over uh, over. So you do Wingo on the left. Yeah, I think. Well, maybe Wingo on the right and Ship on the left. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah. Also. And then Leardam on the right and Brad Smith, Smith on the left. Joven, jo- I suppose maybe Joven Jones uh, starts. He didn't pl- like. He, he didn't, didn't start a single Gold Cup game. Yeah. So Isn't he- that concerning? I don't know if it's concerning. I might think it's encouraging because he's not tired. Uh, I think yeah, I guess that's Trinidad true. and Tobago. I, I don't. I, I think there's a lot of things going on there that aren't necessarily form based, and so Joven Jones, huh. like if Joven, jo- like I don't think he didn't start because he's in bad form. I think he just didn't start because I was thinking fitness wise, but oh, I, I don't think it's a fitness issue. Okay. I mean, he wasn't. You know, I. Who knows? I mean, we'll know more tomorrow. Um, today he was just jogging, but I, jogging. Uh, I think that was likely due to him. Spencer said he got got back pretty early from Kansas City. Yeah, right. He, it sounded so. like he was maybe just a little worn out from travel. That'll do. So it to you. if he's if he's full in at training on Friday, I would think he's going to start. He might start. Um, but assuming he doesn't start, I would say Buana and Ship on the outside. Rodriguez in the middle. Wingo and Ship. That's what I meant. Not Buana. Yeah. Yeah. You spent. You just spent the whole podcast slandering him, and you're gonna slot right, him back like, in. Yeah, no, I'm gonna start him again. <laughs> That's interesting. All right, hit me with a prediction before we sign let's, off. Let's go two-one Sounders. Free kick goal from Victor Rodriguez. Ooh. I. Back post header from Justin Dillon. Wow. Scoring on his debut. Scoring That's on his debut. And then everyone's uh, going to lose it and like say he should start the rest of the year. I'll go 2-0 right towards the end of the first half. I don't know. Ship ship gets the first, and then I'll, I'll do do another one around the 60 or 70th minute. Uh, 
Kelvin Weirdam. Yeah, and oh, the goal scorer for Vancouver will probably be Montero. I don't know. Didn't he play all yeah, he 90 did, minutes? He'll probably but... score a penalty or something. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> um, and we'll be free, and we'll be like, but maybe be like, Sunders were already up 2 0. He gets like a stoppage time penalty to just to kind of make it look good. Yeah, cool. So uh, thanks for listening to a, another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast in a very relaxed state and uh, returning back from the summer break for the Sounders. All right. See ya. Bye.